Welcome to Running is Bullshit. I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. Coming up on this episode, we'll bring you a true running confession, the bullshit running news, and every runner's worst nightmare, cross-training. Cross-training. I did say, my partner came in just as I was about to record, she's like, what are you doing the podcast on today? I was like, cross-training. She's like, what's cross-training? I said, well, it's when you do other sports alongside running. And she's like, boring, like a child, and then just leaves. <laughs> wow. Like, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Pretty much. <laughs> um, but before we get going, we want to recognise that today, as we record, is the International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia and Biphobia. So if you want to be any of those things, homophobic, transphobic or biphobic, you need to wait till tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, <laughs> today, <laughs> I'm just saying every day should be uh, homophobia and transphobia and biphobia um, awareness day. Yeah, so we just want to give, an, in all seriousness, we want to give an extra shout out to any of listeners who have experienced that extreme form of bullshit. And I'm sure people of the LGBT community, I'm sure most of them have experienced one of those things in, in some sort of form. So, yeah, in all seriousness, just want to give a shout out for that. Yeah, thanks. That's not not the way I expected that to go. But yeah, absolutely. We we, <laughs> we do. I just wanted to give that extra kind of little bit of recognition there and make sure people, uh, if that is happening, people are reaching out uh, to friends and other organisations that may be able to give a bit of help. Yeah, exactly. So moving on, um, as Sam W predicted on Twitter, will this episode start with a story of Amy retrieving her Garmin from the Hoover? <laughs> no it won't because like everything in my life I have put off doing that particular job so this morning I went out for a run and the same thing happened as it always does it got you know halfway down the road and it said you know reached my um stair count you know my elevation uh goal for the day and I thought oh yeah I'm supposed to clean my watch but I haven't still <laughs> so <laughs> yeah I've just been uh putting off doing that so no not yet maybe in a few months time when I actually get round to that very small job um, I've been procrastinating. Yes, there will be a Amy retrieving her Garmin from the Hoover story. <laughs> uh, it was a top tip. It's just not a top tip we actually are going to do. Much like the theme yeah, of today's yeah. podcast and cross-training. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice thought. <laughs> but no. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Rachel Pelican or Rachel O'Sullivan, as literally everyone else knows her. Uh, it's just that I tried to type in Rachel O'Sullivan on my phone once and it came up as Pelican. And so between me and SBC, every time we mention her, we call her Rachel Pelican. And then other people give us <laughs> odd looks when we say that. Um, so shout out to Rachel Pelican, who's been quarantined at home, but still wants to take part in Miles for Mind. So she's been walking and jogging up and down the gated lane behind her house. Yesterday, she did over nine miles, which is 160 laps of this lane. Some of her neighbours came out and donated five pounds to her while she was walking, which I thought was really adorable. Um, She's up to around 25 miles for the month, having gone no further than that lane, which is about 100 yards at most. That's amazing. That's great dedication. Insane. Yeah, insane and amazing. I've seen a picture of the lane as well. And it's, you know, it's a little lane. What can you expect? There isn't exactly a view from it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's it's not the best place to be walking for. for, It was like two and a half hours she was doing it for as well. I just love that. She said, oh, I didn't want to go that far. But neighbours came out and gave me five pounds. So I carried on. I'm like, that's adorable. (laughs) Oh, Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, well done to everyone who's doing Miles for Mind and all the other challenges there are going on at the moment too. Do you want to talk about the quiz as well? Because I don't really know what I'm talking about. I was just there. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) I'm leaving that in. Speaking of challenges, um, we were also in a quiz this week uh, with our friends at With Me Now podcast. 
They've been running Parkrun Pictionary pretty much every day uh, for the last few weeks. I think maybe over a month still. And yeah, really doing a fantastic work on Facebook Live and YouTube Live now as well. And to keep people engaged. And so they had a, a Parkrun Pictionary quiz. And they wanted to have Team Warm Down versus Team Cool Down versus Team Sit Down. Now, since I've just got my With Me Now hoodie with Sit Down on the back, because obviously Sit Down is the best thing to do. No one cools down or warms down. I was uh, representing Team Sit Down. And I was asked to bring Amy in for some reason to help <laughs> me in a Parkrun quiz. I mean, you can see how this is going to fail already. Let me say, well, Stuart argues that he said this answer first, but his mic was so terrible, we couldn't hear anything anyway. So, but I did get one right. You did get one right. Yes. I got the easiest one right. And only because it's a well-known, I won't spoil it for anyone who wants to watch on YouTube. You know, you might want that pleasure for yourself of finding out which one I got right. Uh, But it's a well-known place in the UK. And that's the only reason why I got that question correct. And it was dog related, (laughs) which also helped. It was. Yeah, it was, it was a very easy one, but. I still got one right, you know, in a yeah. parkrun quiz. Well done. Yeah. And uh, I got one right as well. But however, at that point, we only won because I insisted that I said it first a couple of times. But when I listened to the recording back, no one can hear it. Uh, I think because my mic was really bad. I actually I listened to it back three or four times. And nope, nope, that didn't come out on the mic. But I did yeah. say it. And I'm very particular about rules. And I would not cheat. You were basically on mute yeah, the whole time. Okay. It was just me just nodding and smiling a lot of the time and just shouting out random things because I had no idea. Well, unless it was a Cardiff Park run, I, I wouldn't know. No. And even then, there's a couple of new ones recently. You probably wouldn't know what they are. Oh, no. No, exactly. <laughs> but thank you very much to With Me Now for, for letting us on there and uh, ruining the quiz for them. <laughs> Make sure you head to their Facebook page. They're pretty much, as I said, they're pretty much on every single day, giving you some kind of vaguely parkrun related content. Uh, speaking of vaguely related parkrun content, not a good link at all. Amy, you've been running. You've been running loads. I've been running. I've been running like three times a week Dude. for the last few weeks. And you know what? I've actually wanted to run more than that, but my legs have been aching a bit. I, I did mu- nine miles this morning know, for my long run. Which was, yeah, my calves are hurting like crazy. I keep forgetting how um Bullshit running is how unfit i am now <laughs> compared to before because i kind of want to get straight back into how i was before oh, yeah. with my running but that's not really you know the case so yeah my calves have been on fire but i'm getting it done uh, you know my feet are killing me my calves hurt but i'm actually going out and i'm actually running amazing i saw this morning you did that run nine miles and i looked on strava and i looked at your total for the week and I saw you up to 29 kilometers for the week. I looked at mine. I was on 24 kilometers and I really did not want to go for a run, but I forced myself out of the door just so I could stay ahead of you. That's how petty and small I am. That's what I'm here for is uh, to motivate others. That's my one life ambition. Yeah. Well, I did not, it's kind of not so much that I wanted to be you. I just didn't want to be worse than you. <laughs> no one wants to be worse than me <laughs> no, it's good motivation actually it works it was definitely one of those runs today yeah. where i had to force myself anyway it was not one i particularly wanted to do yeah, i said last time i was gonna do a mile time trial turned out to be my worst mile ever uh, i looked at it and it was actually a smidge slower than my 5k pb pace that's how shit i am at the moment and there was supposed to be another one uh, this friday but i binned that off because i just couldn't be asked because what's the point um, I also went for a run the other day. Uh, really great trail. I found this little trail in the like, kind of little uh, canal um, park near us. And it kind of one of those little lumpy bumpy uh, trails covered in roots, really hard packed and really just kind of fun, about a kilometre long. Fell over on that. 
which was really good. Didn't actually, unfortunately, didn't get a bruise or a cut or anything. So I didn't really have anything to show for it. It was just one of those ones I just caught my foot on a root and just hit the deck. And for a split second, as I was going down, thought I was going to fall down a very long slope to the left and thought that would have been quite funny it would have been great content but i didn't i just fell and just kind of hurt myself a bit and then i carried on so it wasn't as dramatic unfortunately as i thought it might be they're they're the worst though where you don't have any sort of bruises oh yeah, or yeah. to show i i had a non kind of non-running related injury a couple of days ago i came in for, from my run so it's kind of related yeah, yeah. and usually finley comes and greets me finley's a dog um for any new listeners and I, I i bent over to say hello and he jumped up and in his excitement he stuck his nose in my eye <laughs> and his nose was like the perfect uh size for my eye socket so he just hit. I don't know if it's possible to bruise your eyeball. It is, yes. My eye, hurt, my eye hurts so bad. But there's nothing like underneath or anything because his nose went straight. It fit like a glove straight into the socket. It hurts so bad, and my eye has been hurting for days now. Just like underneath, yeah, yeah. It's like really, really tender. So it's kind of running related. I just got back from a run. And he was excited. <laughs> I like your optimism of having new listeners as well. That's that's very sweet. <laughs> yeah you can bruise your eye the first game of football i played in cardiff uh, about 10 years ago um they just kind of threw me in and i think ball came over kind of towards me i ducked out of the way of it because i was a wimp but then someone connected with it perfectly and smashed the ball into my face oh, and it was so God. quick my eye was still open when it hit and so that eye just yeah. kind of whited out and they were like you're okay i'm like no no i can't really see and i kind of hobbled off um, and I took myself to hospital that evening at about nine o'clock uh, because, again, it was all very, very hazy. I called 101 and as soon as you mention an eye injury, they just say go to A&E. They don't mess around. They're like, mm. just go straight to A&E. I got seen fairly quickly in A&E by like, uh, like a triage nurse who was like, mm, OK, it's not massively serious. If you just hang on. I was then seen by a doctor who knew nothing about eyes at half past five in the morning who oh. looked through the eye machine at me and went, yeah yeah that looks bad you need to come back tomorrow go to the eye clinic it turns out i had bruised the back of my eye so that was that was pretty bad i I didn't suffer any loss of vision so okay that's good mild bruise (laughs) no any no any that's yeah it's very very good especially at this time anyway i obviously i tweeted about me falling over because i needed the attention uh ben on twitter said his son always demands a plaster even when the skin isn't broken which i quite respect that yeah that's a good reason and needs the attention and rachel bentley sent a photo of her son's run wounds as well recently which is quite impressive he's got a good graze on his elbow there and a little bit on his hip well done uh mini bentley good work that's a decent graze that is yeah, yeah i'll be proud of that hopefully he's getting a lot of attention for that because that's what it's all about <laughs> Uh, speaking of the last episode um we had a tweet from jmc82 on twitter a tweet from Twitter, obviously, uh, who said, thanks so much to Amy for the pep talk on running his BS today. It's this kind of we all die alone inspirational mantra that makes the Patreon so worthwhile. That's what I'm saying. I'm here to motivate you. I'm here to motivate you to run. I'm here to remind you of, uh, you know, existential dread and that we all die alone. It's just part of what I do. <laughs> no need to thank me. <laughs> Jay then continued also with a kind of bit of a threaded rant. Um, FYI, extendable dog leads are bullshit, and I hope Finley doesn't have one. Does he? Oh, okay. So I read this in the show notes. I must admit, he has one, but and I read this all through. And yeah, spoiler alert: it is one of my pet peeves. What um, what Jay goes on to rant about as well. 
We only use the extendable edict because his recall, Finley's recall is crap. So when we go on the park on a field, he can be let off to like run just a bit. We don't do it on paths like with people walking. We don't let him just like wander wherever he wants because it's not right. But yeah, he does have an extendable lead, but we use it responsibly. The tweet rant continues. Just now, a man was walking his dog very slowly around the park on a lead, stepping to the side of the path as people approached and doing nothing to prevent the dog wandering over to the other side. That's not manners, mate. That's a tripwire. Sort yourself out. Surely the whole point of keeping what seems to be a very well-behaved dog on a lead on a walk is to keep it near you and keep some control, which I understand you may especially want these days, but he just let it wander off and block the path with the lead. I'm fine. I'm not still annoyed. It's all cool. Also, the wind today can do one. Other than that, great run. Really enjoyed it. Love the sunshine, the wisteria, the birds, footpaths meaning less and less with every passing day. I think Jay's in an emotional crisis here as well. You have to watch what, out. What does that last bit mean? Footpaths meaning less and less with every passing day. What does that mean? I assume that's just like not sticking to footpaths and just exploring other places and just running off path. Oh, oh, I see. I, I, <laughs> I was a bit like, are you okay, Jay? Like, <laughs> Especially, unless she's just completely forgetting the concept of the word footpath, then it's just because <laughs> her, she's just in turmoil here, apparently. She seems to be all over the place. Yeah. I, I, going back to like <laughs> dogs and, and leads and stuff. And yeah, I, people not keeping their dogs under control around runners is, I think, a bit of an issue. I've had several times where a dog has run up to me and jumped up on me and mm. they've always been like, oh, he's friendly. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's like, that's not the point. Yeah. You know, I've had bruises on my leg from a dog like jumping up at me and stuff. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think. I think as runners, we all have a bit of a story about a dog that's out of control. But yeah, those those extendable leads can, can become, very quickly become just tripwires. I do love how a dog will like look you straight in the eye and run towards you as you're running towards each other. And you can see the dog, it doesn't even occur to them that they should move out of the way or that there might be an issue if you carry on running towards each other. And you just have to step around them as they look at like, oh, that's a good idea. Fucking hell. Yeah. Bless him. I, I do have a bit of an embarrassing story of Finley though on a runner because... Although his recall isn't amazing, if the park's quiet, we let him off the lead for a bit because he doesn't tend to go too far away from us. We had this uh, woman come out of nowhere, they always do, um, <laughs> that she was walking with her dog and Finley went up to say hello to the dog. Uh, but then suddenly, and then we're calling him back going, come on, Finley, let's go. And he's just about to come back when suddenly she starts running like out of nowhere, like with her dog, like no warning, just like took off in a sprint. So Finley is obviously going crazy at this point, trying to bite her feet, trying yeah. to get under her, knee tripping her up. So, yeah, that, that I'm not the perfect dog owner. <laughs> I would judge other people, but, I, um, yeah, Finley has issues with runners. It was all her fault. She's a bad influence. She just sprinted out of nowhere, like bloody Usain Bolt coming out of the blocks, you know? Like, what was that about? This greyhound, like, dragged back. I shouldn't mention the dog, just in case she's a listener and recognises herself. <laughs> I wouldn't bet on it. At BB Roberto had a similar experience. Um, with dogs i nearly got killed by a sausage dog out running yesterday it was on one of those long extendable leads i managed to run out at me and then tie me up stop myself falling and pause the garmin well done good result yeah yeah oh getting killed by a sausage dog that would be embarrassing yeah they are they are trip level though aren't they i find finley's like that as well he's uh he's not as small as a sausage dog but those sort of long short dogs they're the perfect tripping hazard and i just love the fact they're like running round and round tying her up yeah smart they know what they're doing (laughs) 
following on from last week and keep these coming in people because i know you've got them in you somewhere the running confessions this one is an anonymous confession and you can send them in and request them to be anonymous if you wish the confession is i shouted at two girls in a jokey encouraging way you can see where this is going can't you whilst watching (laughs) the london marathon years ago on the embankment this was the mini marathon coming through um and i shouted for them to hurry up and stop faffing around. Then one girl turned to see who was calling out, and it dawned on me she was the guide for her blind compatriot. I shrunk into the floor. Oh, that is, that's awful and <laughs> hilarious. Was it? A, it's anonymous, so you can't tell me. But I'm willing to bet it was a bloke that shouted that. <laughs> it's anonymous. It's anonymous, but we can assume. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's always... Shouting, hurry up and stop faffing around at two girls. It probably was. <laughs> it is always a risk, isn't it? I've done that a few times where you've like, you've seen someone that you know and you kind of shout a bit yeah. of abuse at them or just like some, yeah, as I say, some jokey encouragement and they yeah. don't hear you. And then everyone else yeah. is looking at you thinking, what the hell is this problem? And I just, oh, I'm so, I, I but mean, you have to add that person's name on then. You're like, oh, come on, yeah. hurry up, go on with it. Hurry up, Amy, Amy, go on, hurry. Just to make people know that I was shouting yeah, at yeah, someone, yeah. not just at them. Like, mate, the message here, don't do it to strangers. <laughs> don't do it to strangers. It's, it's like, risk. I do that as well when I see people. I'm like, what are you doing? Come on, get on with it. But don't do it to people you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of the reasons. But also, no one appreciates that. No one laughs at that. <laughs> Your mates might laugh at it, but a stranger won't. <laughs> I don't know. There can be. I've done races before where there's been, sometimes there's even been, like, marshals whose, like, job it has been to abuse the runners. Yeah. And I find that very fair funny, enough. to be fair. Like, Ponty Breathe yeah. Parker and used to have a couple of guys... And they always did it at like one of the last corners. They would just like shout abuse at people. It was like um, Waldorf and Statler from the Muppets, basically. Just these two old guys yeah, just yeah. giving people abuse. I find that very funny. But you do have to be really yeah. careful. You, ha- you have to be the right person to do it as well. Yeah. I think Marshall's fair enough. You get a bit of a pass there. <laughs> but if some random person from the crowd shouted at me, I'd be like, fuck you, mate. <laughs> so, uh, of course, Amy, for the confession, uh, do you forgive the confessor? If, uh, and he said he, but if they have learnt their lesson, then they are forgiven. If they haven't, if they took, if they've looked long and hard at themselves and thought about why they did this and why it went wrong and come to a conclusion from that, that they won't do it again, then yes, I forgive them. (laughs) Thank you very much. Moving on to Patreon. And you know what? Finding all these nice things to say about our Patreon donors is actually becoming the hardest bit of the episode to write because I'm running out of words. So I've now left it to fate and I've used a randomizer to find your words and I'm even going to add some exciting music. The kindly and impressive Callie is born. The visible and known Victoria Knight Phillips. The crowded and graceful Clark Gilmore. The encouraging and lethal Elliot Line. The high-pitched and plain Hugh Phillips. The Jumpy J, the knowing and substantial Kirk Shepherd, The mindless and boundless Maria Blythe. The mellow and grubby Matt Garner. The murky and languid Matt Lease. The new and guarded Nicky Genders. The resonant and second-hand Rob Smith. The stupid and rambunctious Simon Ross. The lazy and tight Louise Taylor. And the bumpy and scared Brian Simpson. Thank you all to all of those donors. As you see, I've based those on your initials. If we got close with those um, words, please let us know. If we happen to uh, hit on your personality precisely, who knows? Now, every runner knows they need to stay fit and healthy by incorporating things that aren't running into their routine. 
Obviously, there are all kinds of benefits from strengthening your skinny runner's arms and your flabby core to increasing your flexibility and balance. Despite all those benefits, we still don't do it enough because it's clearly fucking bullshit. Absolutely. Cross-training is the worst thing you can do, mostly because it's not running. And any time you're spending cross-training, you're not running. So therefore, it's a waste of time, just by default on its own. So we're going to go through the various methods, the main kind of methods of cross-training and talk about how shit they are, and whether we actually do them, or whether we know that we secretly should do them. Because I think that's what a lot of this comes down to. We may hate it, because we know we should do it, and we know it'll help, but we still don't want to. Exactly, that's that's exactly it. I I find it difficult enough, as people know, to feel motivated enough to go for a run, let alone all the other shit you've got to do around it. (laughs) So let's start with just the most basic, the gym. Amy, how do you feel about the gym? I'm not a fan of the gym. <laughs> I don't um I don't like machines in general. No. I, I think they're they're scary and modern and it's witchcraft and I don't know how they work and it scares me. No, um I don't like gym machines. Um because I just don't. I just don't like anything like that. I just find it really boring and the idea of going and running on a treadmill or the idea of using, I don't even know what they're called. You know those things where you lift weights, but it's like on a machine? Yeah, just like, like a squat machine thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or like you press stuff with your legs or you're on a stationary bike or things like that. It just seems utterly boring. And part of the reason why I like running is being outside as well and being um, being able to breathe fresh air. And the idea of going into a, a gym and using machines is just all incredibly, it, it just sounds incredibly dull. Now, saying that, I do, I have grown to love free weights. So when I had my running injury, um, part of what everyone says is to go and do uh, weight training and to do weightlifting, lift heavy weights, all this sort of thing. And I said no for ages. No, I'm not going to do it. And I think the main, I think the reason why I said that is because I really bloody hate gyms, like the, the gyms you think about, you know, when you think about a gym, all the machines and all that. Um, but I now go to like group weightlifting classes and it's really good and having that bit of structure and having someone tell you what to do um so you can't like mess it up or anything i actually really enjoy that so no to gyms but yes to lifting heavy weights <laughs> yeah and i went to the same place as you and we both really enjoy that um, i haven't been for a little while now actually because it's a little too far away across town for me now but yeah um doing weights i used to really enjoy actually doing the heavier weights as well and actually increasing mm. the load but you know it just wiped me out for days like for two or three days afterwards i would just be exhausted even doing two sessions a week for a few months at a time i was always told oh you know you'll get used to it and it'll be fine i just never did so i'm kind of i'm a lot happier now doing more reps and less weights i mean i haven't done it for a while obviously i haven't been to a gym i haven't been that much this year end of last year i went quite a bit and you know i don't really know if it helps i I never saw a direct correlation particularly but I did feel like it was useful. It was doing something a bit different. So we do kind of generally think weightlifting is not entirely bullshit. Yeah, for sure. Like with my knee injury, the one thing that you get this with so many different injuries, particularly around the knee, but you know, anything sort of below the hips, um, where they say it's it's your glutes, it's lazy glutes, blah, blah, blah. It's become a bit of a cliche to say you've got lazy glutes, but a lot of us do have lazy glutes because a lot of us have have jobs where we just sit around all day um and my physio said to me look you're not engaging your glutes whatsoever when you're running it's just they're just doing nothing and I found that lifting weights really helped with that like Mm -hmm. really helped in terms of making sure then when I'm running that I'm engaging my glutes my knee seems to be a lot better since um since doing weights for sure 
Yeah, so it's kind of a disappointingly positive note we've started on. Uh, we can go back to gym <laughs> machines. If you hit that link to see the, what we tweeted the other day, this is yeah. a gym in Hong Kong, which is now apparently nice and safe for people worried about coronavirus. I saw online that somebody had said about this. They say it just looks like a Petri dish for the virus to grow on those things because are they going to clean it to the standard they need to be cleaned? Oh, probably explain what we're looking at here yes, first. Do you explain what we're looking at, Stuart? Because I can't explain anything. It's, <laughs> it's a row of like a few dozen treadmills and uh, bike machines, like a long, long row of them with a plastic screen in, in between mm-hmm. each one. And it's really sweaty in there as well. They're all yeah. dripping with condensation but still, when people step off them, they're still in a little narrow gap. It's only about five feet wide. And like, see, are you disinfecting and cleaning every single one, the whole thing? That's yeah, more surfaces then, you've added. Yeah, and not just that, but it's not just about when you're actually on the machine. What about when you come through the door? What about when you use the changing rooms? What about all these different things? From the moment you enter the gym and all the surfaces you're touching, how many times you'd have to constantly be cleaning the place? It just seems like more risk than it's worth. Yeah, I know in Hong Kong, obviously, things are different and the way it's spread there and people's behaviour. And also, it's just difficult to run in a lot of Hong Kong because it's mm. really, really built up. But yeah, it just seems, is that really worth it? I was, I was one of the things actually before we properly went into lockdown, I was last kind of probably my last session at the gym. I was just looking around there and just thinking, God, look at all these surfaces. You could never mm. clean this place because of all the weights, all the free weights, all the dumbbells, all the barbells, all that. Mm. Like there are so many surfaces. You could never clean properly the whole place. It must be an absolute yeah. nightmare. When they come back, it's going to be so difficult. Yeah. I mean, the gym that, that I went to, they were doing before the gyms had to close they were doing this thing where they'd set out the weights for everyone and Mm. then they could keep track of because it's a class they could keep track of what weights people were using and then they clean them all afterwards so there were fewer classes every day to make time for like cleaning between fewer people so you could be distanced from each other i don't really see how the public would sort that out themselves if you know what i mean it needs someone looking over that and sorting that out or else it's not going to happen it's not going to be effective yeah so uh moving on to kind of body weight exercises and high intensity was it high intensity impact training is it hit yeah have no, you just, ever done that um this is the thing like i used to be quite good at doing a bit of body weight stuff with my running so i used to be really uh disciplined that when i came back from a run i do um like planks and stuff because planks okay. are really good for you so i do like a plank routine and i managed to get my planking up to like almost four minutes um, doing a plank so I used to be really good at that because as a runner, that's really good for your core, really good for your running. Mm. Um, but that sort of slipped away. I fucking hate body weight stuff. I, I even bought an online plan for um, body weight stuff from my gym because I thought, oh, yeah, I need to keep up with the cross mm-hmm. training, keep up with gym stuff. I just hate body weight. I hate how many reps it is because it's usually high rep body weight yeah. and it hurts me more than doing the low rep stuff with the weights it's just and i hate anything other than running where i'm out of breath <laughs> I'm physically you know exhausted and I, I don't like high intensity stuff i don't like doing stuff that makes my heart rate go up too much if it's not running like <sighs> no none of that <laughs> yeah i find it really hard to actually motivate to do this i, I did do a little bit at the beginning of lockdown i think there was like some press up things i was doing i gave on that up on that pretty quick because it was hard and so i gave up and it's just that's always my problem i never quite push through bodyweight stuff it always seems like a good idea because you can just even like those routines they say are like five minutes of really high intensity even like five minutes i still can't be bothered 
I do find it really difficult. Actually, what we did in our club this week, because we always our Wednesday sessions are always like speed or strength or these kind of bodyweight sessions. And so we tried out just doing one of those over Zoom. And it was just it was a really basic, straightforward kind of squat thing was and holding squats. But I did do it and there was absolutely no way I would have done it without that Zoom call. So I'm going to really try and encourage our coach to keep doing those and hopefully other people join in because it'll make me do it. Um, I say that'll make me do it. The thing is, I I still live with SBC and she does this fucking every day. She is like, she's doing incredibly well because she just gets bored easily. Um, But this kind of stuff she can just do. And I have to sit here and watch her. And you think that would motivate me to do it more. And it just kind of doesn't, I'm afraid. (laughs) It is harder trying to do it on your own. Like I always think, oh, I can put something on TV and watch TV, but it just feels shit, and I, I yeah. hate it. So I don't mind it. Like in our club sessions on a Wednesday, which I haven't been to for ages, but I didn't mind that so much. But usually, because there was running involved as well in between yeah. the exercises, and you can swear at other people during it as well, which helps. Exactly, exactly. But just doing like push-ups and whatever over and over again, I just hate it so much. Even though I should, because ah, oh, that's what killed me. I tried the first day of my body weight plan that i bought from the gym and it about killed me i can't do a push-up i cannot yeah, do a push-up issue, it? it's terrible I, my upper body strength is absolutely non-existent i, I felt embarrassed of myself and i had yeah. to stop so, and yeah. that's the worst thing that i'm the same i can barely do push-ups and you think well if i just try to do them for a few weeks i probably could do them but I'm thinking, yeah. it's a few weeks. That's a long time. It's too hard. Yeah, it's too hard. No, just quit. <laughs> Speaking of things that are really hard, skipping. Again, this is something that SBC's done. She's broke like three skipping ropes recently as well. Because she's been buying these like plastic ones. And because we've only got concrete, um, they just smashes them. So she's bought a new steel one as well. But I've steel. tried it. If- yeah, yeah. It's apparently that's what you use for CrossFit. Because you can do it like as quick as fucking possible. Because that's all CrossFit is about. But it's a bit more, you know, hard wearing. But I have yeah. been doing it. I did it a couple of times this week. Only for like 10 minutes and 15 minutes. Fuck me. It's the hardest thing. But I'm actually quite enjoying it. I can get into a decent rhythm. I can do a good like... 60 90 seconds of skipping which i'm actually really impressed with myself i haven't skipped since i was in school <laughs> yeah and you kind of skip around the playground doing that kind of weird running skipping. yeah I, I have a memory of doing them with the plastic ones in pe when you do like the um like the, the proper skipping stuff yeah. like people do and like doing various variations of that so and as a kid that was always fun i i, I think being an adult that sounds exhausting. You know, a lot of stuff when you're a kid, you think, oh, yeah, that was nice and fun. Let's try it as an adult. And yeah. it's awful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think skipping is going to be one of those that's just exhausting. Because it's kind of just like bouncing on the spot, which is fine for like yeah. 30 seconds. But when you keep doing it, it really makes your feet hurt and your calves. You obviously have to keep your core really tight because you're like spinning your hands as well. That kind of tight. Yeah. So it's like a really tense thing you're in and bouncing at the same time. I'm actually quite enjoying it for 10, 15 minutes. So I'm going to keep that up, actually. I'm going to try and do that at least for a few more weeks because again it's supposed to be this like amazing mega thing you know boxers do it and like crossfitters and all these people that are properly into fitness itself they're into that so it kind of must be a good thing i might try it actually because that sounds like a good alternative to like the body weight stuff in terms of working out various muscles and it's kind of functional in a way isn't it it's kind of like a functional movement rather than um something a bit more obscure yeah and 10 minutes of it is a decent workout on its own Mm. But yes, yeah, it's, it's a good one. I actually quite enjoyed that, even though it's it really is so hard. Mm. So moving on from fitnessy Jimmy things, cycling. I assume you've never really been into cycling. Well, the main reason I haven't been into cycling is well, the main reasons is because 
I don't like the idea of cycling on the road. It scares me. My yep, spatial awareness is absolutely shit. So I think I'd be, I've, I've cycled on the road a few times before, but I, I've been terrified the entire time. And also it feels like it requires all this knowledge and all these things and buying things and thinking yeah. about things. And I, I like running because you can sort of choose in a way what, you know, that the things you really want to focus on and start building up your kit because you can start running with just like a cheap um, pair of shoes or whatever and build your kit like that. But cycling feels like a lot more kit and a lot more to think about. And it just, and the maintenance, maintaining your bike as well. Like, nah, it just seems like a lot. Yeah, I still see road cycling as a bit of a wanker thing to do. And I, I apologize yeah. to all the road cyclists out there because <laughs> I don't think it should be because it is that thing of, like you say about having all the gear, but you do kind of need all that gear. I know people always have a go at like all the middle-aged men in Lycra. Oh, look at them and all their Lycra. Like, well, of course they are. They're going out, they're cycling for five hours. You try and cycle for five hours in a pair of fucking jeans and see how far you get. You do kind of need the proper kit. And if you've got that kit, then obviously you need to have like the little pocket things to have food and water in. and need to have like a set of spanners on you and you need like maintenance stuff with you. So you do kind of need all that stuff. And the bikes do get really expensive, but again, you try doing it on a mountain bike. That's what prompted me to buy a road bike, actually. I did a ride with some friends. Um, It was like maybe 40, 45K. I did that on a mountain bike, which weighed about as much as me. Fucking hell. That's the thing that inspired me to buy a road bike. And I'm really glad I did. But I still haven't really been out for that many long rides. And my bike really was a lot more functional to get me to and from places. But oh, it's yeah. really hard. And it's just, you have to go out for so long to get a decent workout as well. Even yeah. I found, you know, being a shit cyclist, I could go out for two or three hours and get back. And once I'd sat down, I'd be like, oh, that was, that was all right. I, I, I don't feel tired. I don't feel like I've had a good workout. But you have to do massive hills. You have to go out all yeah. day to get something out of it. And I just find that it's just too time consuming. Although that's what people say about cycling, that it's better for you than running because it's not as much stress yeah. on your knees and things like that. But at the same time, like you say, you have to be out for so long to get that benefit and stuff. And I think, you know, buying all the gear and the maintaining the bike, I guess that's part of it for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But it's not something that interests me. I have a big, heavy steel commuter bike. Um, which I instantly regretted the moment I got it because it was a choice between that and a nice, like, for the same price, like a nice light fixed gear. Not, um, not mm. like, a, no, sorry, not fixed gear, single gear bike. And to be honest, Cardiff's so flat and I was doing the same route every day to go where I used to work, going to and from work. I thought, why have I got this monstrosity of a bike where I never fucking change gear anyway and I could have a nice light fixed gear bike? So yeah, I don't, I have my bike, but I don't really go out on it much. <laughs> yeah. Mountain biking. I say I have still got the mountain bike and I have done a bit of mountain biking, but I am so bad at it. It's something I think you need to do so much just to learn the confidence and just how to approach all these things. Like I've never done a proper jump. I've never run really like super fast, like sideways around a berm or any of that stuff. It's so difficult. And just cycling uphill is the worst thing. Like mountain bikes going down, downhills on like little proper single track, proper mountain bike courses are really fun, even if you shit. But having to get up the hills in the first place, fucking hell. That is the worst thing I've ever done. One of the adventure races I did, which is kayaking, running and mountain biking. uh, We did the big one once, me and my friend Tom. And the mountain bike stage took us four and a half hours and we covered about 40k in that time because it was orienteering as well. So it was not just mm-hmm. mountain biking. It was like, here's a map, off you go. 
and we didn't know the area you know it was kind of through a forest through like a big country park and a forest we didn't know the area there were some mountain bike trails in there but we didn't really know where they were and they weren't marked on this particular map and fucking hell it just took so long just when you hit a hill that's like a mile long it's gravel and you just like change down change down change down you get to first gear because the bike's so heavy and it's such a long gradual hill and your your feet are just spinning 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 and you're doing about three miles an hour it's just so depressing but when you get to the top of a hill and you get a slight downhill you're like wee this is the best thing ever hooray it's just the ups and downs literally and in terms of emotions of cycling it's just too much for me sometimes even on a road bike when you're going up a long hill you want to die the further and further you go up this hill as soon as it flattens off a bit you're like okay this is not too bad as soon as it goes stuck downhill a little bit you're like yay i'm the greatest cyclist in the world this is easy this is fun hooray and it's just it's too much for me to take i can't do it i think i'm a bit too much of a wimp for, for mountain biking basically i'm yeah. way too overcautious. I'd just be crap. And I've always been like that. You know, I haven't had some sort of awful experience with a bike or anything. I've never, you know, properly fallen off a bike or anything like that, um, that I can remember. But I'm just too much of a wimp. I wouldn't be able to go really fast down. I'd be like constantly braking. I have been mountain biking, um, on a, uh, Canary Island called La Graciosa, which is the nice. newest Canary Island, actually. Um, right. if you talk to it there for people who want to know about the Canary Islands, uh, it's a little island and, um, it's all like, uh, dirt paths and sand and stuff like that. And one of the main things you can do over there is mountain biking, but mm. everything was, it was just hills and it wasn't like lots of little trails. So yeah, that's as, as sort of extreme as, as I've ever got with, uh, yeah. biking for sure. Like, I'm way too much of a wimp. And also it doesn't help for me. The last time I did it, um, my chain fell off eight times because my mountain bike's just shit. Yeah. I think the chain is just too big or too long or something. And it just rattled itself off. Oh, that's the other, probably the worst thing about mountain biking is the rattle. Because, you know, I've got suspension yeah. on my bike. The ground is so uneven and so um, stony. It's just yeah. for hours and hours and hours. And it's just, ugh. So I, I like mountain biking in theory. But the last few times I've gone, I've hated it. We'll move on from mountain biking. Um, biking, but not moving. Have you ever done that? No, definitely not. But I, you know what? Zwift. Do you pronounce it Zwift? I, I always pronounce I believe it Zwift so. in my head. Yeah. Zwift. Um, Are they starting Zwift. to piss you off on Strava? Yeah, because I keep seeing people posting these cycling routes from like Austria. I'm like, hold on a minute. Aren't we in lockdown? And don't you live in like... Yorkshire or something what what's going on but when I see the videos people put on like Instagram and stuff it looks kind of cool like the virtual Mm. you know racing people and stuff like I can imagine if you're into cycling and maybe you're a bit like me also and maybe you're a bit you don't really want to cycle on the roads I can imagine that might be a nice alternative I don't know it's like a game isn't it that's the thing that gets me about it is like I don't want to see it I don't want it like yeah. I see people the people have been cycling around London. Well, no, you haven't. Fuck off. Or cycling around fucking Watopia is the one that <laughs> it's the, all those little kind of weird curly routes around yeah. over the sea and across islands and things. I kind of yeah. don't want to see that on Strava because it's not real, frankly. But I do quite like the look of it and I quite like to play on it myself. Yeah. So that's that's the conflicting thing. Yeah, it seems like a cool game because you race against other people as well, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I like that. Stuff like that. 
And I think people who've got like proper setups, they can alter like the um like the drag and whatever it's called in cycling, and you can it feels like you're going up hills or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah, know it does deal. sound quite but cool. Yeah, it it does look kind of cool. <laughs> but I still get annoyed when I see other people's. Yeah. <laughs> More because I'm jealous, I think, in some ways. Yeah. On a similar kind of thing, spin classes. I've never got into those. I know a lot of people have done those for running and have found those really, really useful. I just, I think I'm a bit like you on that. I don't want to get my heart rate up and I don't want to get knackered and sweaty just sitting on a bike with someone shouting at me with shit music playing. I think that's part of the reason I don't like the sound of it is the person that shouts at the front. And whatever you see, maybe it's a, a stereotype. Maybe it's not like this, but you know that cliche of the person that's like properly shouting and going crazy at the front. Yeah. No, I don't want that. It's too much, especially if you're there. At like people go to spin at like six a.m. and you've got yeah. some bloke with a mullet and you know hot pants on screaming in your ear. That's how I imagine it, anyway. That sounds alright, actually. That's, that's yeah, well, bass hunter plays in the background. Like, no, I'm alright, thanks. Yeah, um, and last time I went on the salt bike, which is one of the ones where you kind of got your hands kind of going forwards and backwards as well. Oh, I did no. one of those at the end of a session before, and as I left that session, my blood pressure just went bang, and I just kind of <laughs> had a very wobbly walk home with my bike. I think that would happen to me because I have blood pressure issues where I have like really severe drops sometimes. And I think this sort of stuff, I remember when I was like a teenager, I think I was 16, 17, I went to a um, introduction class at a gym. And the uh, PT there got me doing all these different things, you know, on the different equipment. And I came off and I just f- felt like I was going to die. I had like a yeah. proper like crash in like either my blood pressure or my blood sugar or whatever. I just like, I remember just like sitting on the floor thinking, this is awful. This is absolutely yeah. awful. So anything intense like this. No, I think it would make me quite unwell. <laughs> yeah, not happy. So we're very mixed feelings on cycling there. The one thing that is often recommended, especially if you're injured, is swimming. Now, hmm. this is another one that my PT, uh, my PT, not my PT, I don't have a PT, um, I wish. Uh, my physio said to me uh, when I had my injuries, oh, you should go swimming. And I was like, yeah, maybe. But thinking in my head, no, I freaking hate swimming. But my tune has slightly changed because where I've moved to has a pool. Hmm. And I think the situation is very different when you can just nip down there, go for a swim and come back and shower at your own place and, and all of that. I don't like all the faff around swimming. So when you get there and you have yeah. to like get ready and go in the pool and then you get out and you like take a shower. Like I don't like or like that. slightly like manky the... changing rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, always yeah. an old well, man drying his balls in the corner or, you know, on display to everyone. Yeah. Probably different in the women's changing rooms, I assume. Yeah, not that different. But <laughs> yeah, I kind of like here that I can just put on like a bathrobe or whatever and just <laughs> go home, you know, that there is, there's like minimum fuss around it and it's fairly quiet in there as well. So I've slightly changed my tune on swimming, but I think it's very much situational (laughs) yeah i used to do swimming fairly regularly for a good couple of years i think every thursday we our club kind of put on a session Mm. of swimming and i did kind of enjoy that but i like an hour is the most i can do because an hour i'm going insane from boredom it's such a repetitive process but it's one that you have to think about as well like when you go out for a run you don't think about right foot left foot right foot left foot Mm. and all that but swimming, I'm always thinking about my form. I'm always thinking about keeping my elbows high, reaching my hands out. How many strokes have I done? Do I need to breathe? Yes, anything I need to breathe this time. How many lengths is that? All right, four lengths. All right, back. And I just, it's always constantly actively thinking about everything. Even after years of swimming, I can't switch off and think about anything else without losing count of everything else I'm keeping count of. So I'm, I think I'm okay at swimming now, but 
in the pool, especially a 25 meter pool, we have to turn around so many times. Mm. I've done a couple of times where I've done like a hundred lengths and that is so tedious and it's so hard to keep yourself motivated to just carry on, which is why I know I've banged on about this before, but I love swimming in the river when it's warm enough, when it finally becomes warm enough, hopefully in June, July and restrictions are lifted. Because I think at the moment, technically, we're not allowed to swim in rivers or kind of outdoor places because it's potentially a little bit dangerous. And, yeah. you know, it makes sense. Yeah. So I'm really, really looking forward to doing that again, because that is you can just swim along a river and you don't have to turn around every 30 seconds. It's just really, really nice. And actually just it's nice to be outside and kind of in a way, it's nice to use the river as something that rather than just looking at it, it's something you can go and participate with in in a kind of an odd way but i hate the sea i've only done it twice and i hate it i hate having salt water in my mouth i hate having waves smashing into my face even if they're little ones just when you turn your head up to breathe and get hit with a wave and you have to turn the oh i just hate it so much well long time listeners will know that i have been wild swimming before where i rescued a pigeon a, a poor pigeon that oh, got stuck yeah, and i got yeah, a, yeah. i got a rubber dinghy and i pushed it along and i put the pigeon in it was i can't remember which episode it was but you'll find it um i did quite like that i i, I will admit though you know i only know two different strokes for swimming i know well let me say remember because when i was younger i used to do swimming lessons all the time and i could do all the different strokes and i was i was all right at it now in my adult life i can only remember breaststroke oi oi and um like whatever that backwards one is i can remember that backstroke backstroke yeah. <laughs> but i'm actually i'm i'm very good at breaststroke i can uh, um that's what she said i can like the legs and everything the arms i'm really good at it but i can't do front crawl anymore i just can't i can't remember how to do it and people have tried to show me and i still can't do it and i used to do it all the time in swimming lessons but it's completely gone i am actually the opposite i can't breaststroke i think because yeah. when i when i first we started doing these swimming sessions i basically pretty much had to learn to swim again because the um mm. people we had uh, at the time gareth and lily they taught us to swim which was really really great of them to do and they were like mm. for a free time but when I was doing it is when I was having real bad hip flexor problems and I really couldn't open my legs up wide, um, which you obviously really need to do for breaststroke. You need to kind of have them yeah. part and push them together. But I still just can't do breaststroke. I just don't get anywhere. I don't understand mm-hmm. how it's supposed to do anything. So basically I only do front crawl. I only do freestyle yeah. because it's the only one really, to me, it's the only one that makes sense. It's like mm. breaststroke is like going out to, sw- it would be like going out to run, but just hopping. It's like you've made... <laughs> You've made swimming harder by making it less efficient. I just don't really yeah. understand why there are different strokes anyway, because they're just like, why wouldn't you just do the one that's the obvious, easiest one to do? Mm. I just don't. Well, I not don't. not for me. Cause I, I suppose, I okay, okay. Not, not easiest, yeah. but I guess like the, the quickest and most efficient. But yeah. then it is very technical. The thing with swimming is there is only one way to do it. Like we're running, you can kind of get away with your elbows being all over the place and whatever, mm. different forms. Swimming, pretty much there is one way to do swimming. You have to learn it and you have to get it perfectly. And it's very hard to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm happy just, I feel like, you know, when you see old ladies on holiday and they're just, they're doing a bit of breaststroke so they yeah. can don't get their hair wet and stuff. Yeah. That's how I feel when I go. I, I went to the um, Olympic pool near us once um and i was uh, swimming in that just doing my breaststroke and it was like 6 a.m so there's all the serious people in there doing their you yeah. know their oh, front yeah, crawl yeah. and i'm just like swimming along in a lane at the edge just doing my breaststroke like just chilling <laughs> good for you but these those old ladies they'll do it all day it's quite impressive yeah they'll swim yeah, yeah, miles yeah, yeah. how do you feel about yoga 
another one I hate. Um, but it's the thing is, yoga hurts because I don't do it enough. So, but I always feel good after I've done it. It's kind of a bit like running. I always feel really good after I've done it. Oh yeah, namaste. That was great. Like I feel really good about mm. it. Um, that being said, if I go to yoga, I have to kind of go to one where you don't do all the meditation and stuff because mm, I, I yeah, not my thing. <laughs> yeah, I can lay at home in the dark on my own without paying for it. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I should go to yoga. It's one of those things that I should go to or at least do some yoga moves at home. Like, again, my physio says, you know, I'll do um, – I can't remember what he told me to do now, which just shows I haven't done it. Yeah. Uh, but he gave me a few yoga moves and just said, oh, just do these every morning. It only takes five minutes. Have I done them ever? Nope. Yeah. But that's the thing. They are so easy to do. It'd be so easy yeah. to whack on a YouTube video and do it for 10 minutes a day. But we still yeah. fucking don't. No, no, no. That's the thing. I'm awful at yoga, obviously. But I'm kind of not entirely against it. I did do it a little bit at the beginning of last year. But I never got that thing, as like you said, oh, I feel really good afterwards. I never felt good afterwards. I was just like, oh, that was that was fine. It was just like a bit of stretching and a bit of well, like really wobbling around standing on my legs, not being able to balance properly. I felt I felt good in the sense that I felt I've done something I'm supposed to do, not in the mm. sense of my body feels good. It's like, yeah, I did that thing that I should really do, apparently. So that was, you know, sense of accomplishments, like, wash, like washing the dishes, really. Yeah, there's so many times in the yoga class I went to where everyone else would be doing like holding this kind of position with the like kind of knees bent and just everyone else just like just stand nice and sit and every so often i'd just be like just to stand up <sighs> shake it out a little bit right get that back down into it and i was just always adapting it for myself because i just couldn't do it especially like any yeah. of those kind of holds where you're like with knees bent and in some odd position it wasn't necessarily the flexibility because i know there's always like steps back to do but it's just holding those positions which is kind of like more like pilates as well i found just holding those kind of strength positions oh so hard because i'm just a shit runner and i don't do anything else the one i've added at the bottom here as well is rock climbing have you ever been rock climbing stuart um, like an indoor rock climbing outdoor not, rock climbing not properly i've always kind of fancied it and i remember looking up because you yeah. could do a course there's a place near us and you can do a course to learn it. But as soon as I saw it involved, you had to learn how to do the ropes and how to tie knots and all that shit. It just put me off instantly. Yeah. Well, if you do, um, I did bouldering, which, uh, and I did mm. the rock climbing bit as well. I tell you the whole thing, but bouldering is the one where you don't need the ropes. So it's a bit more attractive to a lot of people and you can okay, I might do that just one. do this, more of the strength stuff. Can't be asked for that safety. Yeah. So yeah. bouldering, you just need to go, usually at most places, you just need to go to a taster session. And then once you've done that, you could, you're free to then, because most rock climbing, indoor rock climbing places won't let you climb until you've done, you know, you've passed some sort of taster session. Mm. Um, so I went with my friend and I was really excited about it. I thought, oh yeah, this is going to be great. This sounds really good. That was the time that I realised that I really didn't like heights. <laughs> I, it made me feel physically sick being up high and not even oh. that high. Like say, um, I was probably, most of the time I was probably only about 10 foot off the ground and I was yeah. terrified, clinging onto the edge of this rock, clinging onto like these holds and stuff. So the whole time I felt uneasy throughout this entire taster session that we were doing. And the guy was, you know, the guy showing us around, I won't name where this place was, but the guy showing us around wasn't that great. I think he was just like a student, you know, and he, he was just there to make a bit of, you know, make some money in the summer or whatever. He didn't seem that into the teaching part of it you know he wasn't really a very good teacher so it got like towards the end of the session and he takes us to the highest bouldering wall so I'm thinking this is probably this bouldering wall is probably like 40 foot high 
um, I'd say. And it's got a platform on top, so you climb up it, and then you can climb on top of the platform and then down some steps to the other side or whatever. So he said, what I'll do is, he said, I'll climb up to the top, and then I'll reach over and I'll pull you up. So climb up to the wall and I'll, I'll pull you onto the platform. So I went first, of course, because I was like, get it fucking over with. So I climbed, like, <laughs> I climbed almost to the top. I thought, I can't go any further. Because anyone who rock climbs know that you're supposed to keep your arms relatively straight. And your um, your legs are supposed to come up. You're supposed to get your feet up before you then move your arms. Which sounds a bit obvious, in the sense that then you have the reach, don't you? Because once your feet are up, you mm. have that reach to extend and go further up the wall. But when you're actually on the wall and terrified, you do not want to be bringing your feet up. Because in mm. my head, I'm thinking, if I bring my feet up, my body's coming away from the wall. Like That doesn't sound good, which obviously you have to do, but... It was terrifying. So I got, like, basically almost to the top of this wall. So this guy, he reaches over. He's like, grab my arm. Grab my arm. I'm like, I want to get down. I want to get down. He's like, grab my arm. I'll pull you up. And I'm not a massive person. But at the same time, he was quite a skinny guy. I'm thinking, no, this is going to work. So anyway, he persuaded me in the end. So I grabbed his arm. He grabbed mine. So he was like, he grabbed onto my, my arm and I was grabbing his. And it was like that scene out of Bloody the Lion King. You know, that long live the king. Because it got to the point you just couldn't hold on anymore. And I just fell backwards. And it made the loudest, like, bang on the crash mats. I just, like, it knocked the air out of me. It was absolutely terrifying. The whole experience was the scariest thing I have ever done. And then afterwards, my friend was like, oh, that was really good. Should we go next week and try the one with the ropes? And I was like, no. But in the end, she persuaded me to do the ones with the ropes. So I went back, went back, did the one with the ropes, which was even scarier because you're relying on someone else to hold you, basically, and to keep you like, you know, to keep you in there. And again, I had the same issue. I just couldn't climb up. I just couldn't climb very far because I was absolutely petrified of the height of it. I hated it. I hated the whole experience. But yeah, um, that was my experience of rock climbing. Well, bouldering was falling off the highest bouldering wall in the uh, in the bouldering gym. So yeah. Well done. <laughs> I think that probably has to go on my list of something that I really should get around to trying. If you're If you're okay with heights and things like that, bouldering looks really really fun and i think if i I, i've never had issues with heights but as soon as i started doing it i looked down i just felt sick i thought jesus christ but um but yeah if you're if you're not like that then bouldering's great and the people who go to those gyms are fucking ripped man like not like oh god yeah climbers are amazing yeah like lean as yeah yeah. it's it's fun i'm I'm sure it is fun for people who are into that sort of thing being able to climb up walls and jump off them and all that sort of thing so yeah (laughs) so there we go that was a kind of a a bumper edition there of cross training amy from all those could you say one is the least bullshit uh weights lifting weights heavy weights yeah that's what you're gonna go with okay yeah i think for me swimming in the river is kind of one of my favorite ones please let us know what your most hated type of cross training is. Let us know the worst thing. And also, I think often what makes them worse is you know they're good for you. So one you hate the most, but you know is really good, but you still won't do. We need to hear about those. Definitely. Right, we're going to have to bang through these tweets in the news now because we've spent a long time talking about cross training. So on Twitter, we've had some reactions on Twitter after I posted about being out for a walk and I saw someone running in a sweatshirt and then I saw someone else running topless and it was 13 degrees and neither of those are appropriate for the weather. 
Um, the next day, SBC saw a guy running topless, but he had a woolly trapper hat on. So you know one of those big woolly hats that comes down over the yeah. ears as well? He had one of those on. I mean, why is, people cannot handle spring in the UK. They don't know what to do. Um, Grumpy Jogger replied and said it must be a botched quarantine haircut. Could have been. I mean, you know all about could that. Very, could be very botched. I mean, they do say if your head's warm, the rest of your body's warm. But I think that's taking it to the extreme. <laughs> I just put a t-shirt on, mate. <laughs> Um, Emma McRae also replied, but you have to read hers in, in the oh accent, God. please. I've been watching, I know, it, I've been watching Bondi Beach Rescue while in lockdown. I know that's not, not New Zealand, that's Australia, but it's getting They're closer. really close though, aren't they? They're really it's close to each close. other. <laughs> um, we went to the beach last weekend and there was a man in Speedos and a scarf. It is autumn here after all. Speedos and a scarf. That's a look, isn't it? Are you sure it wasn't like a... Oh, no, wait, it's New Zealand. I was going to say, you sure it wasn't like a sea snake wrapped around his neck? That was on Bondi Beach Rescue. There was a sea snake. Most venomous snake in the world. don't think they have them in New Zealand, though, so... Point irrelevant. Yeah, that is a, that's another odd look. Um, tiger Burger <laughs> official, who is, again, not a tiger, a burger, or official in any way, said there's no excuse for going bare-chested in any sport that does not involve water. Fair enough. Ooh, them's fighting words, Tiger Burger. <laughs> I mean, I'll do this one because you'll never get through the name. I don't even know how to say it myself. At Kalpa Juanjui uh, said, I hate overheating when running, so would feel their pain seeing someone in a sweatshirt. I would love to run in just a sports bra, but don't really have the courage. I don't mind the topless runners, not here to judge anyone's body. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah, to be fair, I'm I'm trying not to be judgy about it when I see guys out with their shirts off. People should wear what they want. You know, I shouldn't really judge that. But I still think it should be weather appropriate. If it's 13 degrees... And again, this uh, SBC saw the guy in a hat that was like eight or nine degrees. That is not topless weather running. No, no, I, I get it. Like if it's really, really hot in the UK, you know, really hot. And when it's been really warm before, I've seen women running out in their sports bras. I've seen men running topless. And you thought, sort of think, yeah, it's bloody boiling. Hmm. That fair, fair dues, you know, you do you. But if it's not that, if it's still quite cool, you think this is just a person that likes to take their top off. And we all know those people in running any excuse to take their top off. Yeah. And as we said before, actually, last summer, when it's really, really hot, you should wear a T-shirt because it will actually yeah. keep you cooler. So at Matt Barton underscore says, I'm not the running shirtless type moves decency self-respect for his reasons but if i was i'd be the running shirtless but with a buff on my head sort because my big bare forehead sweats so much in any conditions that i need it to soak up the sweat that would otherwise go in my eyes yeah absolutely yeah wearing a buff on your head wearing some kind of headwear is fine if you're shirtless not a woolly hat there's no need for that no definitely not and if it is a botched i've got a botched quarantine haircut put a hat on like a like a cap a woolly yeah. hat it's that's very go. strange that's mixed messages there <laughs> shit booing run swen what yeah okay play it backwards <laughs> <laughs> you'll get a demonic chant yeah <laughs> So first up, the 50k treadmill record hasn't been broken again, but there are still plenty of weird runs going on. So Jeremy Greenwald has just set the record for the handcuffed one mile in a time of 4.52. Very kinky, Jeremy. Um, He's a pretty handy runner, having run 4.01 in the past, but can be proud that he's the first person to run a sub-five mile while handcuffed. 
Yeah, that's a real thing. He's not just like the first person to run it fast. He's the, that was actually an existing record. The handcuffed one is. mile. Of course, yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah, and they'll yes. be like handcuffed while wearing a little Bo Peep outfit and singing <laughs> the German national anthem world record, won't they? So. Yeah, for one mile, one and a half miles, two miles, two and a quarter miles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, next up, two women ran one mile every hour for nearly 11 days straight. This is the Little Dog Front Yard Challenge, and it's an event styled on a Lazarus Lake race. And in this one, runners have to start a one-mile loop every hour on the hour, and the winner is the last runner to complete a loop. Um, out of the 47 runners that entered, 45 dropped out by 128 hours. And the remaining pair, Sally Van Newland and Sherry McCafferty, found themselves head-to-head for 120 more hours. Actually, the woman who finished fifth only pulled out because after three days, she had to go back to work. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, this event was marred by a little bit of controversy as there were some technical issues. Obviously, this was a virtual race in America and they had to fill in a Google Sheet after each run and submit Strava. Uh, But there was a bit of a technical issue, apparently, on the 243rd run, which meant McCafferty thought she had won because she ran the 244th and when she thought she was the last one left. But Van Newland continued uh, all the way to 250. So after McCafferty got to 244, she then stopped thinking she'd won. But Van Newland carried on and got all the way to 250. Uh, On this occasion, we will actually agree with Runner's World for a change uh, that the focus should be on the incredible achievement of these two runners who ran a mile an hour for 10 days. So that means they got no more than like 45 minutes sleep at any point during this week and a half. Uh, it's a really, really interesting story, actually, and kind of the t- the technical issues they had there is really, really good. So if you head to our website, runningisbs.com, that'll be in episode 39. There'll be a link there for that story. Thanks to Michael Dark for flagging this one up. On May 30th, Johnny Gregorick will be attempting the Blue Jeans Mile World Record. Uh, Weirdly, this already exists. Of course it does. And it's an incredible four minutes, 11 seconds. Um, Johnny has already raised $10,000 for the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and he's running in memory of his brother, Patrick. Yeah, a great cause he's doing it for. And raising 10 grand is is incredible. But running a mile in 411 in jeans oh, no in jeans the chafing they're going to be dyed red by the end of it oh i i kind of want to watch it i think that's on may 30 and i think he's going to stream it live again that'll be uh, the link on our website because that is going to be amazing to watch and weird so Stuart, what's coming up next in your exciting lockdown life um well it should be my eight year well it is my eight year park run anniversary on tuesday so that's nice to celebrate with nothing at all. Um, as part of this uh, virtual race series I've done, I kind of sort of did the one mile one. There's a two mile coming up. Oh, I might do that next week, but I'm just, I'm so, so out of shape and I'm so not in the mood for running fast. I'll probably skip it again. Other than that, I'm just carrying running. I'm doing quite a lot of city strides. Though. I'm getting some decent work done, though I have to run about two miles to get any new streets now. So that's becoming a bit of a pain. Uh, how about you? You got lots of, lots of things planned, I'm sure just fuck all really i've just written fa on this because that's that's it building up the mileage actually building up the mileage things are actually happening really are yeah um that's about it nothing really happening the ultra i don't know whether i said this last podcast um whether the email had come through the ultra the the vogum that i'm doing has been postponed until september 
So I'm thinking I might still do it this year um, Mm -hmm. if it goes ahead in September. I was going to postpone it for like another year if it still went ahead in June, but obviously that's not going to happen because of everything that's going on. Um, So I think I'll continue building up the mileage for that and hopefully then manage to do it in September. Yeah, I think like with most things now, even races in October, it's good to look forward to them, but don't bank on them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if they get cancelled, they get cancelled. Nothing you can do about it. We'll just have to wait till next year. Uh, that's almost it for this episode so just a final shout out to our patreon one dollar donors that is angela ben brian charlie liz harry john jonathan chris larry len louise mats joan caffin and huggett morwenna rich and steph thank you all very very much if you've enjoyed this bullshit please visit runningisbs.com to see the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalogue as well as links to our patreon merch store and social medias Thank you, everyone. Stay alert or else. Stay alert. Stay safe. Stay at home. Don't stay at home. Sometimes go out. Only go out if you really need to. Run more yeah. than once a day. Run only once. Don't go far. But Don't go, go see your nan. Or else her head will but you can see someone else's nan. That's fine. Yeah. You, you can go running with someone else's nan, but not your own nan. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm <laughs> gonna